0: Have you ever said to yourself, I want to do something in the medical field, but I just don't know what? Then this is the episode for you. I'm excited to introduce to you an area often overlooked that is hands-on, excellent work-life balance, and compensation. Share this with all those undergraduates or those considering a career transition. You don't have to be a doctor or a nurse to meaningfully engage in the field of anesthesiology. Are you curious about, interested in, or working within the field of anesthesiology and you are a woman, person of color, or otherwise do not fit the stereotypical image of what an anesthesiologist looks like, then this is the podcast for you. We will discuss what life is like on the other side of the blue drape for us. Issues most relevant, such as, what is anesthesia really? And we're not talking textbook definition. Tips for applying, success in residency, life as an attending, and beyond. Join us each week as we take a dive into this rich and often misunderstood field. This is your host, Dr. Alicia Peterson, and welcome to Sivo Sisters. I am so excited today, guys. We have a real treat. I am sitting here with Tim Olukani. He serves as an anesthesiology assistant at George Washington Hospital here in D.C. And the first time I met him and worked with him, I was like, dude, I have to have you on the podcast. (laughs) I love your energy, your positivity, and you're a Black male as an anesthesiology assistant. I'm like, how did you (laughs) hear about this? How did you know? How do we get others to hear about this? Because I think for many, if they can't be a doctor, then there's no room for them in medicine. And you have shown quite brightly that, no, there is room for you. And Mm. and you've shown that way through your example.
1: Okay. Thank you for that introduction. That was really kind of you. So like you said, my name is Tim. I'm an anesthesiologist assistant at GW. Um, I graduated back in May of 2023, and I did the Case Western DC program for the Master's of Science in Anesthesia. And it was a two-year program, 24 months total. Um, Some other programs can last up to 27 to 28 months, but our specific program was 24 months. And it was challenging, um, definitely, but definitely rewarding as well.
0: Yeah, so let's hop right into it, because I know there's a lot. I mean, did this initially start with an interest in medicine? How did this develop?
1: Definitely an interest in medicine. If you would have asked me in high school, even middle school, I always had an interest in medicine and knew that I'd be doing something in the medical field. I just didn't know exactly what. In college, I explored a lot of different paths. I actually majored in kinesiology and I thought I was going to be a physical therapist. So that was one of the paths that I was considering. Um, But I also considered pre med, of course, pre PA, pre dental, pre a lot of things. So college was kind of a lot uh, of consideration going on.
0: Yeah. How did you sort through all of that? I mean, so many people are operating in that same shade of gray.
1: It was honestly through shadowing and through talking to people in the field. I shadowed a dentist, shadowed a PA, shadowed a physician, shadowed a lot of people just shadowed a physical therapist. And through those experiences, I was kind of able to decipher what I wanted to do and That was probably the most monumental for me because being pre-PT and then going to shadow a physical therapist and realizing it wasn't what I wanted to do, that was a big shift that I had to make. But honestly, I'm very grateful for those experiences as well because it helped me to get to where I am today.
0: Yeah. How did you go about coordinating these shadowing positions?
1: As a kid, I don't know why, but I was very just bold in terms of reaching out to people. I didn't really have a great network in my immediate surrounding because none of my family was in medicine. Or none of my parents' friends also were in medicine. Everyone just worked very normal jobs, I would say. Ooh. So I would have to, <laughs> I would have to just email, like cold email people. Um, I was on LinkedIn, just reaching out to people.
0: Give us an idea of what those emails or phone calls look like.
1: It was a while ago, so I can't remember verbatim. But it was probably along the lines of, "My name is Tim, and I am at this path in my schooling." I'm really interested in this field and I would just love an opportunity to get to shadow you and see what you do on a day-to-day basis.
0: I mean, it's so simple, so straight to the point. Mm -hmm. And yeah, who wouldn't want to help out an enterprising, young future? So, okay, that's wonderful. So then that led to the shadowing opportunity Mm -hmm. and to us that you got a sense of what you didn't like. Was there a shadowing experience that you really enjoyed that you almost went into?
1: I really enjoyed shadowing the physician assistant that I shadowed at UVA. She had a very great perspective on her career and also her like life in general. I think she had a really good balance in what she was doing and she really enjoyed what she was doing as well. Um, so that really pushed me towards that for a while. And that was honestly one of the better shadowing experiences that I had.
0: Okay. And when we say PA, I mean, that's the same as a physician-assisted. So mm-hmm. between the two terms, don't get uh, confused.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: so then something shifted because you're not a PA. Tell us about that.
1: So I think this was also through conversations that I had. I reached out to one of the AAs that works in DC now at Georgetown on LinkedIn. And I had a conversation with him. He was so nice. He invited me out to lunch. He didn't have to do any of this, but he invited me out to lunch and like agreed to just talk to me about the career. And it just felt more in line with what I wanted to do in terms of a day-to-day basis. The PA, she had a great situation where she was working, but I feel like I wanted to do more things with my hands. I wanted to be more uh, hands-on day-to-day. And I get that from anesthesia. And from talking to him, I was able to decipher that and kind of figure out that I wanted to do that.
0: Yeah. And then tell me about your experience with shadowing the anesthesiologist, because I guess something about it, you didn't decide to pursue that route, Um, Mm -hmm. but the AA, the anesthesiology assistant, that piqued your interest. So tell us about what was going on.
1: This was, I believe, uh, in college, I reached out to one of the, I'm from Virginia Beach. So I reached out to one of the anesthesiologists there and it was a great experience. Again, he was very just open and willing to help. It was different from what I expected because I'm, as I'm sure you know, as an attending uh, anesthesiologist, they their day-to-day is a little bit different. So I wasn't really as much in the OR the entire day as much as I was like moving around, talking to patients. And um, he was managing a couple of rooms. I didn't really understand the uh, anesthesia care team model at the time. So I didn't really know what's going on the entire time. But I was able to see the difference in terms of what he was doing and what a like uh, APP would be doing in the OR. Yeah.
0: So you wanted to spend most of your time hands on in the operating room. Yes, Not definitely. That, you know, managing patient comorbidities, uh, doing that preoperative assessment, that kind of thing and the varied hours really yeah. were something you found compatible to your lifestyle in the future. Is
1: that
0: yeah. Okay. That's, that's really accurate. insightful. That's incredibly insightful. So guys, the power of shadowing actually rubbing shoulders with whoever you think you might be interested in, like whatever's career path you may be interested in rubbing shoulders, seeing what their day to day is like is key and crucial because you can read about something and it all sounds great. And then you're smacked face to face with the reality. And you're like, oh, no! I like this. I don't like that. So I, I just love this journey of discovery that you're doing and how you took initiative. And you were just so bold. Uh, you know, <laughs> definitely not something that we see too often. So that's incredible. So after your lunch with the AA, what happened? What did you do
1: I applied for A school. It wow. was, yeah, it was right after that because I was considering, because after college I was working a year in corporate at a pharmaceutical company in DC and I wasn't happy with it because it just wasn't fulfilling what I wanted from a job. It wasn't interactive. There was, I was working with patients, but not in the way that we work with patients now. So... After that conversation, I had all the encouragement that I needed to go ahead and apply because I was considering pushing it back a year or two just to keep considering options and keep deciding. But after that conversation, seeing how happy he was with his life and his decision, I really had no more reserves.
0: Wow. We know that when applying to medical school, you know, it takes a year for you to find out like if you got it. It's a long application process. It's a lot of interviews, money, tests that you have to take. Um, yeah. Tell us about the process to applying to AA school.
1: So I would say mine was a little different because I applied a little late in the cycle. I think the app applic- I'm not sure exactly when they open up, but I would say at least early August, if not even earlier, I applied in December. So I applied very late. (laughs) But after I applied, I heard back pretty soon from the program that they wanted to set up an interview. And I already had all the things that I needed because prior to this, I was in the process of gathering necessary materials to apply to medical school. So I had a lot of the requirements already to apply to AA school because I had taken the MCAT, I had the shadowing hours, and I had taken all the classes. I had like basically everything that I needed. So I just put in an application and I was fortunate enough to hear back pretty soon. And then I had the interview process. It was a long, tedious process. But after that, uh, a couple of weeks later, um, they reached out to me and said that I got accepted.
0: Wow. So you at one point wanted to then go to medical school.
1: Yes. That was at some point in college. I mean, what I was doing is I was setting myself up to be able to apply to basically anything, so I took like I took all the necessary science classes that I needed in college, and then I took the MCAT. So I was like, if I need to apply to med school, that's what I'll do. If I need to apply to a school, if I need to apply to dental school, like I have all the yeah. necessary things. And then I took that year, uh, that gap year after college, to work at the pharmaceutical company and really figure out what I wanted. Oh,
0: okay. Wow. How many schools did you apply to?
1: I just applied to one, (laughs) believe it or not. (laughs) So I was in I live in Arlington now and I had already signed a lease to be here for another year. So I knew that the only program I could go to feasibly was the D.C. program. So that was the only one. I mean, I applied to technically all the campuses, but I put the D.C. one as my priority.
0: Is the program called like anesthesiology assistant school? What what's the name of the program you apply to?
1: So we get a degree as a master's of science in anesthesia, and the career path I guess would be called anesthesiologist assistant.
0: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you declare the path, you apply to one place, and is is that recommended? Uh, uh-huh.
1: No, <laughs> definitely apply to multiple schools. A lot of my friends in school applied to like all of them. I think there's like 12 or 13 different programs. A lot of people applied to all of them. I would definitely suggest that. Don't do what I did.
0: Okay, (laughs) (laughs) Application process expensive.
1: Since I applied to the one, I don't think it was super expensive. I don't want you to quote me, but I think it was in the hundreds of dollars. It was a little cheaper than applying to medical school. though.
0: As far as what they asked for, I mean, you, you had already taken the MCAT and all these things. Did they mm. require any tests beforehand?
1: Just the MCAT or the GRE uh-huh. are the standardized tests that they require. And then obviously they look at your GPA. They require a couple of letters of recommendation and a personal statement as well. Uh-huh. And then also like any shadowing hours or other experiences that you might have on your resume.
0: Okay. Now for letters of rec, did did you have to have, you know, like a anesthesiologist or somebody within anesthesia be one of your letters or
1: thankfully no because I, I don't know any anesthesiologists personally that I would be able to ask. Um but I asked a lot of my mentors from college. So um some of my student advisors, some former professors, like my biochemistry teacher that I formed a relationship with, one of the PAs that went to my church. That was probably the only connection I had to the medical field. Okay. Yeah.
0: And once you got started in the program, tell us about what that looks like. Is it classwork? Is it, are you spending time in the operating room? What is your mix?
1: So Case Western, they kind of take a different approach from other programs, I believe, in that they get you in the OR very soon after you start. So the first month is what they call, quote unquote, boot camp, where you learn all of anesthesia basically within a month. We read like the entire baby Miller, like mm-hmm. anesthesiology textbook. We read that in like four weeks. Oh and God. we're, <laughs> and at the end of that, we have a basis on anesthesia in terms of like what to expect when you're going in the operating room. So after that month, we are going inside the OR and shadowing with AAs and anesthesiologists. So it's pretty quick, but it is a mix between clinical time and didactics. So the first year of school, I would say it's about the first year you're going into clinicals probably two, three times a week. And then you're also having class on the other days. And some days you might have both clinicals and class. So your days could be very long.
0: Wow! And how would you describe what an AA does?
1: So an AA works in conjunction with an anesthesiologist to provide anesthesia to patients to get them through surgery safely. Um, So that involves creating an anesthetic plan, preparing the operating room for the procedure, being with the patient throughout the procedure, providing and administering medications throughout the procedure, all in conjunction with the anesthesiologist. So the anesthesiologist will have the final say in what we're doing, but usually it is a very cooperative environment to where we're um, exchanging ideas and coming up with the best plan for the patient.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And when you say prepare the room for the procedure, I just want everybody to know it's not the surgical stuff. There's another team mm-hmm. that takes care then <laughs> talking about yeah. user care. So don't, yes. yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, that's a great cogent explanation. So who do you recommend should look at this pathway?
1: I think if you're like me and if you are considering a lot of different paths, then definitely consider add AA to the list. I really decided to pursue this path because I knew that I wanted work life balance and I knew that medical school that route might not provide that for me down the line. So if you're someone who wants a more of a work life balance and a quicker training experience, then I would definitely consider a
0: And tell us about compensation. You could just give us a range. What would someone look like to make? I mean we didn't talk about, but let's let me ask: mm-hmm. How much did AA school like that training? How much did it cost? And then what a range of salary did you obtain? Okay?
1: The anesthesiology program it depends on where you go, but our specific program I believe cost around one hundred and forty five thousand. That was tuition. And then people also take out loans for living expenses. It depends how much you take, but I would say for just the tuition, it would be around $145,000, 150000
0: And is that for the two years or per year?
1: For the two years altogether.
0: Altogether. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. And then compensation-wise, that has also increased within the past couple of years. Um, so now in the area that we're in, in D.C., you can expect to make from around I would say 185 to 210 starting. And then okay. it can go up to like 250.
0: That's incredible. And that is more than what some primary care physicians make. So that's wow. And, and some pediatric subspecialists make. So a 140 grand two year investment, you're easily making that back in your first year uh, as yes. a. that's absolutely incredible. Have you found there to be any restrictions as far as where you practice? Because, I mean, we know that when it comes to providing anesthesia care, there's also certified registered nurse anesthetists who mm. operate in that capacity as well. Is there anywhere that you find that you can't practice because of sort of these political turf wars?
1: Definitely. That is also one thing to consider when considering this career is that we are limited in where we can't practice. I believe currently we have 20, around 22, 25 states where we can currently practice, including DC. And that is because there are conversations and limitations that are imposed due to other regulatory agencies, including the CRNAs. So that is one thing to consider when um, thinking about A school.
0: Okay. Where can people reach you if they want to know more information?
1: Please feel free to like reach out to me, ask questions. You can contact me. Uh, my email is timolukani at gmail.com. If you have any questions about AA school or the process or anything, or if you want connections to just talking to people. And also you could uh, contact me on Instagram as well. Also Olukani.
0: Okay, wonderful. We'll put that information in the show notes. And please send this podcast out to those who also just, they want to be in healthcare. They want to be in medicine. They don't know what to look at, what to do. I think your story, Tim, is a great blueprint as to how do you figure it out? (laughs) (laughs) And it introduces people to a field that they probably thought was off limits to them. So just thank you for sharing your story and being that example and I really hope this is a source of encouragement to others to just look at this field, please. We, we need you. We need the diversification. Medicine definitely stands to benefit from your presence and your
1: um, talent. So thank you for having me. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sivo Sisters. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe so you don't miss out. New episodes drop every week on a Monday because we all can use a little something, something to get us through the week. Am I right? I'd love to hear more from you on the topics that you want to hear. So let me know in the comments. This is Dr. Peterson signing off. See you next time.